Uh, what is going on, Laker fans? Appreciate you guys tuning in. We'll go till uh, 8 o'clock tonight. Uh, Lakers, obviously, a couple days off before they take on the Los Angeles Clippers tomorrow. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Uh, Trevor Lane, Lakers Nation, is going to join us in about a half hour or so. Uh, we got a lot to get into. You know, unfortunately, right now for the Lakers, since the All-Star break, it has not been good basketball, but that's just been the reality. So we're going to spend some time talking about what is wrong exactly since the break. One and two, don't really feel like there's this team that's desperate, that's fighting to try to get into one of those top six, top seven seeds. Um, some complaining from the Lakers. We know that all went down after the loss of the Phoenix Suns. Where's the Lakers bench? The heck happened to Spencer Dinwiddie. I was uh, promoting Dinwiddie like he was the next Dwayne Wade, and I uh, looked like an idiot. Um, so that uh, certainly hasn't helped at all. Uh, Lakers taking on the Clippers tomorrow, and we'll we'll spend some time talking about that game as well. And, and really, I, I think if I got a theme to tonight's show is um, do you still got faith Lakers are going to turn this thing around and, and still be a team that – can make a run as far as the standings go. Let's forget about the playoffs. Let's not let's not try to talk about, you know, hell, well, look what they did last year and they make to the West Conference. Do we feel like they can make a move in the standings? I mean, I, I think I could just simplify it that way. You guys uh, can always obviously call into the show if you want to be a part of it, 877-710-ESPN. We are doing something a little bit different today. We, we're streaming live on YouTube as well. So if you're out hanging out on YouTube, thank you for being a part of the show. And uh, I'll grab some of those comments as uh, the show progresses as well. So I'll start off with this, one and two since the All-Star break. Man, what a frustrating team. <laughs> what a what a frustrating team. I, I kind of joked around about this a couple different times. I'm basically that guy that keeps buying the Laker timeshare. They keep telling me, you know, it's like I bought a timeshare and someone tells you you're an idiot for buying a timeshare. And then I go to the next pitch and I'm like, let me get that timeshare again. Um, every time I, I feel like there's something to get excited about, I get disappointed again. And what I got excited about is when the Lakers closed out before they went to the break, they won six or seven games. That's big time. Six or seven games, that's that's a nice – only loss they had was against the Denver Nuggets. Nice track record of uh, of a couple of the teams that they beat. On top of that, um, I also pay attention to, at least for me personally, well, how they look in those games. Uh, the last game they had against the Utah Jazz, the way the Lakers just – dominated the Jazz on the road without LeBron. I'm like, all right, hey, we're all back in. They could take a little bit of a break and get ready for the Golden State Warriors game. The three games since the uh, the All-Star break, they've been awful. I mean, even if, if you want to look at that win they have against the San Antonio Spurs, sure, you can go ahead and, and uh, I guess, try to find a way to, to find some positives from that because it was a W. They didn't look good against the San Antonio Spurs. Um they didn't look good against the Golden State Warriors, kind of hung around for the first quarter, end of the second quarter. Golden State goes on a run, and the Lakers were basically down around 10 points the rest of the way, give or take, right? They're basically down double digits the rest of the way. And then you got the game against the Phoenix Suns on Sunday. Um, I, I, such a key game, such an important game. And just this lack of desperation. I feel like the Lakers should be in complete desperation mode right now. And what I'm referring to there is I'm obviously just talking about the NBA standings, where the Lakers are sitting, seeing all these other teams in the Western Conference that are in front of them, and it's not going to be easy to catch up with some of these teams. It's just not. Uh, look, you could get fortunate every once in a while. You could get fortunate, and you could see the Lakers find themselves in a position where, um, I'll give it as an example, I was watching on uh, – uh, NBA uh, TV was it on NBA TV? Or was it was on League Pass. I think it was on League Pass. I was watching the Cavs and the Dallas Mavericks before the show, 
And excellent game. Back and forth game. And Dallas jumps up. And Lakers are basically rooting for every team in the Western Conference to lose. Which is not exactly the best game plan to have. Um, but they go down. Dallas is down 10 at one point, And then Dallas comes back. They're up 10 with about four minutes left to go. And Cleveland goes on a run. Cleveland takes the lead. And I'm rooting for, obviously, the Cavs to, or the, uh, yes, the Cavs to win that game. Mavs come back and hit a bucket with a couple seconds left. And Cleveland has no timeouts. And Cleveland's down one. And Max Struess takes, I'm not kidding, a 60-footer and the shot goes in. And the Lakers got very, very fortunate tonight that Dallas um, did not get their 34th win. That They've lost two games in a row. But how much can you depend on other teams to help you if you can't help yourself? And this kind of takes me back to that game that they had on Sunday and really just the way they've played so far. Um, but just the way that they've played so far um, since the All-Star break is where is that lack of desperation? Where is that we have literally no choice but to win these games? I mean, the Warriors just beat Washington uh, within the last hour or so. So right now, if you go look at the standings, Lakers are 10th. They're 10th in the Western Conference. They're 10th in the standings. And when I say the desperation, what I'm talking about is exactly that. Lakers can't be number 10 coming into this playing tournament. Now, I don't know how you guys feel about that. And I get it. They got talent, and it's LeBron, and it's Anthony Davis. And go look at last year, and last year this team got to the Western Conference Finals. I get that. I, you know, I, I understand that because a team has done it before, um, I can see somebody saying that the season's not over, but for me personally, if the Lakers are 10th by the time the dust settles, they're not making the playoffs. They're just not making the playoffs. I, I, I don't see them. Make, they're 11-19 and 19 on the road this year, and you're going to tell me they're going to go on the road to win, win two straight games and uh, find themselves in, you know, obviously a seven-game set against whoever's at top, Minnesota, OKC, whoever it is, Denver maybe. Um, there's so many teams now just kind of within that range. But we don't feel confident about that. How would anybody feel confident about that? Um, that's the portion for me, I think, more than anything else that has been frustrating. They go up against the Phoenix Suns, and by the time the first quarter's done, they give up 45 points and they're down 17. It's like, well, which team is actually more desperate? Which team needs the win more? I know Phoenix needs it too. Phoenix is trying to move up the standings. I'm not saying that they're a bad team or any of that. Actually, Phoenix look like um, I, I've probably been underestimating the Suns, and, and they look terrific on Sunday. But they did that without Bradley Beal, which is you know clearly a, 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 an important component of what they're trying to put together. Their role players, we made every one of their role players look like all-stars. We made Yusuf Nurkic look like he was Hakeem Olajuwon plus Wilt Chamberlain and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He just looked incredible. Um, that's, the, this, that's the frustrating piece so far for the Lakers for me, especially since the all-star break. I don't feel like the team is desperate. I don't feel like the team is – or maybe I'm, I, I could also just very easily be um, describing a team – that I feel like is, I feel like should be better or is better, and the reality is they're just not. I mean, that could also be the case. Maybe I'm just misjudging the Lakers. Maybe I'm overhyping the Los Angeles Lakers. Maybe I have too much belief in the Lakers. Maybe I get caught up, kind of like we all do as fans, as watching this team play on a night in, night out basis and thinking to ourselves, oh no, they're good. They're going to be all right. And, um, but th- these first three games since the break have been very, very, very frustrating to watch. And then let me kind of get to the next point here, which I, I know this has been a little bit of the conversation these last couple of days. Then the excuses after the game. I'm like, 
please don't tell me that the Lakers are going to be complaining about referees and they're going to be pointing out that, you know, uh, there's this misconception around the Lakers and everybody's saying, oh, they get to the free throw line. Lakers do get to the free throw line. And I remember Bron having a quote, and he's not wrong. Bron's like, look, we don't have the luxury to take threes, so we got to get to the basket. we got to be aggressive in the paint, which is why they live at the free throw line. They took eight free throws. Phoenix took 19. To me, that wasn't even the story. The story for me was, are we really going to be complaining about free throw shooting? Um, a, the team takes a lot of free throws, and B, I'm going to go back to something. They didn't lose that game because of free throw shooting. And part of the excuse I thought that came out in that game against the Suns, for me it was more um, it's an excuse. You know, it's maybe it's not enough reflection. Maybe it's not pointing the finger at the team and saying, look, we didn't win this game because all these other players that are role players had star nights and we didn't do anything about it. We didn't win the games because we gave up 45 points. I, I just don't want the Lakers to also be a franchise on top of not winning that many games right now and struggling to then just start being the, the team that's complaining about not getting calls that go their way. That, to me, would be very, very frustrating. Lakers talk here on uh, 710 ESPN is brought to you by Valvoline. Rush into your neighborhood, Valvoline. Let the expert technicians make sure your ride is in peak performance Visit SoCalOilChange.com for locations and game-winning coupons. Actually, my check engine light just came on. It's time to get my car serviced. You know what I'm going to do this week? Uh, probably on Saturday is uh, I'll roll into Valvoline. I'll get my car serviced because they're the best at what they do, and it's incredibly convenient, and you should do it as well. Um, remember that time we used to talk about the Lakers bench? Lakers got depth. The Lakers... You know, one of the strong suits for the Lakers coming into the season was you're not going to have to put so much of the burden on LeBron, so much of the burden on Anthony Davis. Um, they got players. And to be honest with you, you know, D'Angelo Russell's been phenomenal here for almost two months now. I remember when D'Lo was like two weeks in, it's like, wow, D'Lo's having a really good couple of weeks. And then it, you're kind of closing on a month. Wow, D'Lo's had... It's been about 30 days D'Lo's been playing well. Well, I think now we're, we might be closing in on close to two months. That's how good D'Angelo Russell has been. But that's a role player. That's not a bench player. Austin Reeves is a, is a role player. He's not technically – he's not a bench player. These are starters. You know, Rui, we've seen that starting lineup kind of move and shift. Um, the Lakers bench, just not getting it done. Uh, I, I don't know who the Lakers right now could depend on off the bench. I don't have confidence that some of the players that they have there um, they could depend on. And, and this one's probably not fair, but I, I'm going to do it anyways because I got excited about Spencer Dinwiddie coming to the Lakers. I did. They get him in the buyout market. We're all kind of sitting back. We're like, wait a minute. So you don't have to give up any assets. You don't have to give up that first rounder. D'Angelo Russell's playing good ball. Um, I was a, a a big fan of trying to go out and get DeJounte Murray, but I understood if listen, the Atlanta Hawks didn't wanna you know, didn't wanna play ball, then there's nothing that you could do. If you can walk away, you didn't make a move at the trade deadline but the buyout market, you ended up with Spencer Dinwiddie and you still have D'Angelo Russell doing his thing. Dinwiddie has been really, really bad. Now it's five games. So maybe all Dinwiddie needs is one game to go off. And all of a sudden, everything is going to start clicking from there. But Dinwiddie so far in the five games, about five points per game, 31% shooting, 28% from three. Uh, again, I'm, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to say, hey, this is it. This is what Dinwiddie is going to be for the Lakers. But that's what's happened over the five games. So I have to at least 
over these five games, point out the five games and what's happened and what it, what it's looked like and everything else. And over these first five games, Dinwiddie has not been exciting at all. And I look towards that bench there. Torian Prince is going to be up and down. Um, Max Christie just got back. We're obviously going to hope for his uh, his contributions off the bench. Jackson Hayes, are you really is that really a player that you depend on on Jackson Hayes? I I don't. Uh, so I I think what this might come down to is Cam Reddish, Christian Wood when those two guys come back, Vando and and Gabe Gabe Vincent. I don't want anybody depending on those two players coming back because I have no idea that bench that depth that the Lakers that we thought the Lakers had has certainly not come into fruition and certainly not as late. Hopefully some of these guys turn it around. Okay, and we come back. Um, I, I want to spend a little time talking about the Lakers and the Clippers. they got a matchup coming up tomorrow. Um, I think it's interesting between these two franchises. You guys know this is going to be the last game the Lakers and the Clippers play against each other, uh, Crypto.com Arena, while they're still sharing the same court. Uh, plus, uh, I think the Clippers are an interesting team. I don't know. I, I, I'm a little less optimistic than others about how good they are and how good they could be. But for the Lakers, they might get a little bit of break tomorrow. It doesn't look like Paul George is going to be playing, and Lakers just need a W. That's all that matters. If you want to be a part of the show, phone number is 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-ESPN. You can also join us on YouTube. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Go work, DeAndre. That's all I'm going to say. Go work, all right? I'm going to leave it at that. Um, all right, Lakers got the uh, Lakers got the Clippers coming up tomorrow. I'm going to read a couple of these uh, comments here on YouTube. I'll take a couple calls as well. Um, all right, one comment here, and this is uh, Choco Thunder on YouTube. It says, Spencer, talking about Dinwiddie, should start to be more aggressive. Okay, I, I think one thing that the Lakers are not going to do, I was just talking about Dinwiddie, I think so far right now since he's been a, a Laker in just five games, nobody's going to overreact, even though I'm sort of overreacting. Um, I like how I'd say I'm not going to overreact, but I spent four minutes talking about how Dinwiddie is not doing enough. Sounds a little like an overreaction. Um, nobody's going to accommodate right now to Spencer Dinwiddie that, hey, in order for you to get going, we're going to put you in the starting lineup. That's not going to happen. For Dinwiddie, this is your job. Your job is to come off the bench and, and be that scoring punch. There were some moments against the Phoenix Suns on Sunday where Dinwiddie had some good looks. Got to hit those shots. By the way, it wasn't just him. D'Lo, I know, missed a big shot. Reeves has missed some big shots. 
it's not just uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, but it's more when he gets those opportunities, you're hoping that he capitalizes on it, um, and he has not done that. I got a lot of people here on the chat as well that are talking about uh, playing Torian Prince less minutes. Torian Prince, remember he was going through a time where he was getting about 35 minutes a game. Those days, they're not really there anymore. Now that Rui's in the starting lineup, obviously Bron's in there as well. Torian's going to get some starts every once in a while. That's going to depend on LeBron James. But it's not like it was uh, early in the season. So I I don't want to – the Torian Prince thing, I I don't think he's playing nearly as much. We listened to – you know, coming in from the break, we listened to that Darvin Ham sound about the the referees and and, uh, he doesn't want to complain. And uh, Darvin Ham does not complain a lot. I'm not trying to tell you that he does. What I'm trying to say is I don't want the Lakers to make excuses about something that is not the difference of them winning and losing that game. However, I know it's strategic. You know, Phil Jackson used to always do this, right? He's going to complain about the referees, and in that, in that next game, they're probably going to like get a lot of calls. So I understand that. I get it. Um, I hope it's more for the, the chess game, not not for the actual result of it because that part of it i think is frustrating for me peter from ontario peter what's going on thank you for calling into lakers talk what's going on hey Slee, how you doing man good good thank you hey um you know what i think there's a couple of things that i just wanted to mention uh they're not using dinwiddie right he's not a spot-up shooter he's a creator so he's got to have the ball unfortunately in his hands and uh to to be able to either you know, go to the basket or create for somebody else. And then another thing is the leadership is lagging here with AD and LeBron. And, the, and how I say that is because they're allowing Prince, they're allowing these guys to jack up shots uh, and, and and not have any consequence. I mean, Prince is playing all these minutes, and he's constantly jacking up shots when he's missing. So well, I, I think, that, I think so, that's a big problem. Just a problem. quick point on, on Dinwiddie that you mentioned. And, um, Peter, I appreciate you calling in. So the, the point on Dinwiddie of he's a creator. He is. Dinwiddie is one of those guys that you give him the ball and he's going to go get you a bucket. And that doesn't mean that he's a, um, a, a corner. I just sit in the corner and I hit threes. There's a difference between – I'm just using guys as an example back in the day. There's a difference between J.J. Redick – and a bucket getter like Jamal Crawford. Jamal Crawford, if he's got the ball in his hands, he's going to find a way to create. He's going to get buckets. He's going to get to the foul line. He's going to create for himself. That's more Dinwiddie. Um, However, with that being said, a look is a look. A good look is a good look. And if if Dinwiddie decides, all right, I don't want to take that corner three because I didn't create for myself, he's probably finding himself in a tougher situation, or the coaching staff's got to tell him, um, all right, let's put this guy in a position that he can create for himself. So if that's not the strength of his game, then, you know, you kind of find a different way to find the strength of your game. Let me get a, another quick call in here. Eddie from uh, the LBC. What's going on, Eddie? Hey, sweet. Thanks for taking my call. I just wanted to say, man, uh, so far, man, it's been a very, very uh, frustrating up-and-down season for the Lakers, man, especially when A.D. and LeBron – are healthy and are playing at an all-NBA level. I mean, you can blame it on the injuries. Uh, D'Lo has been pretty solid. Austin's been okay, but he hasn't pro- progressed like we like I was, we thought and hoped he would. And, um, you know, and they picked the wrong uh, kid in the draft. They should have picked that kid uh, out of UCLA. What's his name? Jaime Hawkins. I watched him yesterday single-handedly almost 
beat uh, Sacramento. You know, I mean, the, the, the kid they drafted, he ain't, he's not doing nothing, man. You know, and, um, well, well, Jaime he Jaquez, I, I will tell you this, and we don't, you don't even have to go to that game in Sacramento. We watched when it was here at Crypto, right? Lakers took on the Miami Heat. That was without Jimmy Butler. Jaime Hawkins was fantastic. Michael Thompson couldn't stop talking. Michael's like, wait a minute, let, let, help me, somebody un, help me understand this. Guy went to UCLA, um, a Mexican American and representing the Los Angeles Lakers. I mean, he just kept going down the list. He's like, well, why wouldn't the Lakers take this guy? Um, that was a mistake. I agree. That, 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 and I, I don't think anybody would. Jalen Hood Shafino can't get PT and he can't get playing time right now, and there's a reason for it. Lakers talk on 710 ESPN is brought to you by Valvoline, Russian near neighborhood Valvoline. Let the expert technicians make sure your ride is in peak performance. Visit SoCalOilChange.com for locations and game-winning coupons. Let me squeeze in one more quick call here before we get to Trevor Lane. Uh, JR is calling. JR, you, you're at LAX. Is that where you're calling from? Yeah, that's where I'm calling from, Steve. All right. Well, I appreciate you calling in. What's going on? Well, you know, I, I just wanted to weigh in on the Spencer Dinwiddie thing. And, I, I, you know, whatever role it is that they want him to play, they, somebody needs to sit down with him and talk with him, whether that's the coach, whether that's LeBron, whether that's one of the one of the guards that's playing along with him, and define what it is they need him to do. I mean, you know, the caller that one of the callers that I was listening to a little earlier said that he needs the ball more. Well, they said the same thing about uh, D'Angelo Russell. He needed the ball more. So did they? Did we just pick up another D'Angelo Russell? I mean, so I, I think there are three phases of offense. There's in the paint, shots in the paint, mid-range, and behind the arc. So w- what is his specialty? Can he do all three well? And then if he can do all three well, who's going to facilitate that? Does he facilitate himself? Or is there a facilitator on the team that's going to assist him in getting those shots? That has to be determined. I, uh, I appreciate you calling in, brother. Thank you for listening in. I uh, hope you catch your flight. Uh, that's JR from LAX uh, right there. Okay. Um, it, it's funny. I, I didn't think Dinwiddie would take up that much of a conversation, but certainly people right now have an opinion on that. I, I hope he just gets into a little bit of rhythm. We don't have to talk about Dinwiddie anymore. We could be talking about him playing well. Here's the reality. The Lakers are are desperate for other players to play well. They're desperate for their bench to be more effective. Um you take the role players from the Phoenix Suns versus the role players from the Lakers in this last game. It wasn't close. I know it's not always going to be like that, but it definitely wasn't uh, wasn't close. Okay, uh, my buddy, one of the best in the business, Trevor Lane, Lakers Nation. He's coming up next. Uh, if you're on hold, stay on hold. I'll try to get your calls in a little bit. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. All right, uh, Lakers got a game coming up tomorrow against the Los Angeles Clippers. Clipper home game. Uh, Tip-off coming up at 7 o'clock. We'll do the pregame show at 5.30. A man that does not sleep, that he lives, breathes, and dies, Lakers basketball, Trevor Lane of Lakers Nation. What's going on, Trevor? What's going on? Uh, you know, I'm doing okay. Unfortunately, it's a lot of the latter, the, the dies, Lakers basketball. <laughs> that, that's what we've been feeling lately, <laughs> Alan. But, but other than that, I'm doing well. All right. Well, it, it's funny because I, I, was, I was talking right as the show started and I don't know how you felt going into the break, but they had won six of seven, four games over 500. It felt like there was a sense of urgency. And then three games in, Trev. I mean, you, you could tell me how you feel today, but 
it, it is, it's kind of back to the same old, same old where you feel like, all right, whether it's a bad start or getting, you got role players from the opposing team looking like they're the, the MVP candidates or, um, it's a lack of urgency. What, what do you make of these first three games and, and how disappointed has that been for you to watch? I mean, it's been extremely disappointing. It's, uh, like you said, they were on a roll coming into the, the all-star break. It looked like maybe some things had started to, to click and they were ready to make this push. And now it's not just the fact that they're one and two since the all-star break. It's the two games that they, that they specifically lost. It's dropping games to teams you're in direct competition with for playoff seating. And that's the Phoenix Suns and the Golden State Warriors. So to lose both those games. And then you're right. The way that they lost them too. These were problems that we saw earlier in the season when we talk about. Uh, the defensive glass becoming an issue. We talk about the slow start that we saw, giving up 45 points to the Suns uh, in the first quarter. These were issues that we saw at the very beginning of this season that we thought had more or less been solved or at least had been rectified to the point where they were at least respectable in these areas. You weren't just going to come out and blow the doors off the Lakers in the first quarter anymore. They were going to fight you on the boards, and that wasn't going to be as big of a problem. Uh, and then here we are, where it feels like we're right back where we started. And honestly, a lot of the, the goodwill, the high spirits that we saw heading into the All-Star break, it's already dissipated just three games in. So it's uh, it's definitely a disappointing stretch here so far for the Lakers, but uh, still time to turn it around. But, man, it's uh, they're running out of, of time very, very quickly. I, I threw out this question, and right now if you go look at the standings, it's because the Warriors won earlier today. Uh, they beat Washington. Lakers are in tenth. Um, you know, I, I know we could we can make. I don't know if excuse is the right way to put it, but we can make we could find a path for the Lakers to get out of the playing tournament because we could say, oh well, they've done it before. What I don't know if people are realizing is both of those years that the Lakers got um, out of the playing tournament, they were number seven seed on on both occasions. I don't think they're going to have this playing tournament if they're number 10. And like you said, there's still time. But on the road, the Lakers are 11-19. and 19, So it's not like they're this unbelievable road team. And if the playoffs started today and they had to go on the road against Golden State and then play the loser of Dallas and Sacramento on the road, what, what do you feel of that position or predicament for the Lakers? I don't have confidence if they're number 10 that they're going to have this playing. I mean, it's, if you have a healthy LeBron and AD, if they can get Jared Vanderbilt back and healthy, we know the, the team revealed today that he's not doing any encore work. He hasn't progressed to that. Same thing with Gabe Vincent. Um, if you if you can check those boxes, you can get some guys back. Look, I'm never going to count those guys out totally. But you're right. It's a, it's a much steeper hill to climb when you have to win two in a row in order to get out of the play-in, and both of those games would be on the road. That is a, a much taller task than you got to win one home game, and you have two chances to do it uh, if you're the seventh seed. So it's a, it's a much, much different task for them to complete. And the way this team has played it, I don't feel confident they're going to play well two games in a row <laughs> right now. So to beat two teams of the quality of the Warriors, of the Mavs, of the Kings, I, I think you're right to not feel great about that, Alan. Again, it's not impossible. It doesn't mean all hope is lost. But uh, it's it's certainly less likely to happen than what we've seen in previous situations when they've been in the tournament. Trevor Lane, who covers the uh, Lakers for Lakers Nation, does a fantastic job, uh, of course, on, on all the platforms there. Uh, Trevor, conversation came up, and it's such a small sample size, but what have you thought of Dinwiddie so far, and what areas do you think uh, – 
it's on Dinwiddie to just get more comfortable and be himself. What area is it from the coaching staff to make sure that he's in a good position? So uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, I think, has been disappointing up to this point. He just, he's not shot the ball well. It feels like it's Gabe Vincent all over again, who came in and shot roughly 7 or 8% from three, which is absurdly bad. Uh, Dinwiddie's not been able to hit shots. He he still can be a steady veteran. And I said the same thing with Gabe Vincent. Ultimately, he will figure it out. The question is, do the Lakers have enough time for him to figure it out? They need to win games right now. He's a uh, professional. He's been in this league for a long, long time. At some point, it's going to click for him. Right now is not that time. And as far as uh, is it is it on the Lakers to make him more comfortable? Is it on him to adjust? I think he's the one who has to adjust. It's not. It's, it can't be on the Lakers right now. You know, the, if he was a, a superstar level player that was coming back from injury or something, then okay, the team needs to adjust from him. But that's not what he is. He's a role player. He needs to adjust to the team around him. And again, I think he ultimately will. The question is, how long is it going to take him to do that? To make those adjustments to figure out what the team not, wants from him. And yes, part of this is still the team learning him and figuring out how best to deploy him and what the best way to use him is. But I think the, the onus is on him to adjust as much as he possibly can because the, the team can't switch up everything that they're doing in order to get the best version of Spencer Dinwiddie that they can. They're, they're not in that point in the season. They've got to win games right now. And if that means moving some minutes away from Spencer, Spencer Dinwiddie and towards somebody else like, I don't know, Max Christie, who you probably could have used last game against the Suns, then uh, maybe they, they should uh, go down that path rather than try to adjust things too much to make uh, Spencer Dinwiddie more comfortable. Yeah, it's interesting, Trev. And I think that that's kind of where I was going to go to is, all right, well, let's say Dinwiddie doesn't have it going, then, and you're going to put your trust in second-year player Max Christie. And I know Christie's been in and out of the lineup, but it's not like uh, there was a point early on before the season started. I'm like, hey, I think they're going to, I think they're going to start using Christie a lot. But I knew there was a lot of depth. There was a lot of guards on this team, anyways. But if it's not Dinwiddie, I don't really know where the confidence is in any of those players. I mean, Torian Prince, half the time I'm. Uh, I'm communicating with Laker fans. They want him to play less minutes. By the way, he's playing less minutes because Rui's in the starting lineup now. Um, but you're, you're basically your top five. You can argue, okay, those are our best five players. And when they need a, a chance to just kind of get a quick rest or a quick breather, I don't know how much firepower there is coming off the bench, or maybe that firepower are just a lot of players that are still not available for the Lakers because of injuries. Yeah, and that's really what it is. You know, last I looked, Alan, they had the sixth most most games missed in the NBA due to injuries, and it's because – and most people don't think of the Lakers as a team. You know, outside fans don't think of the Lakers as a team who have been all that injured because LeBron and Anthony Davis have largely been healthy, but everybody else has been a revolving door. So, yeah, this uh, the lack of firepower is an issue coming off the bench. That's part of what initially the role was going to be for Rui Hachimura to be that scorer coming off the bench, but Jared Vanderbilt has been hurt. Um, you're going to get Cam Reddish back, it looks like, tomorrow against the Clippers, so that that certainly helps. Um, but they, they just you've got Jackson Hayes that can come in and do a few things, grabbing some offensive rebounds and stuff, but you're right, they, they're going to have to lean on their starters a lot. And I know we can say, well, you, you, know, you need LeBron and AD healthy come playoff time. If you're going to have any shot at getting out of the play-in, if you're going to have any shot at moving up in the standings, at least get to the eighth seed, so you're in double elimination territory. Those starters are going to have to log heavy minutes at some point. You make the business decision to take your foot off the gas a little bit, 
and say, hey, we're resigned to our fate of being in the, the 9 or the 10 seed. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we're there yet. I think they have to really go for it. And that's going to mean a lot of minutes on LeBron, a lot of minutes on AD, and uh, the rest of the starting unit for now. Uh, Trevor Lane, Lakers Nation, taking some time to join us here on uh, Lakers Talks. So, Trevor, th- this kind of it's kind of a perfect segue to talk about the game coming up tomorrow, and then this schedule coming up in March, where Lakers are going to spend a lot of time in uh, at home or really their only road game. They stay in the state of California because they got Sacramento, so it's going to be about thirty days just hanging out here in LA. But before I get to all that, let, let's talk Clippers for tomorrow. Um, what have, what have been your thoughts on the Clippers? Every time I watch them, I feel like, and maybe this is just me not watching enough Clippers basketball, I feel like there's a lot of, okay, it's Paul George's turn, and then it's Kawhi's turn, and then it's James Harden's turn. And it's it, it's not a recipe to me that feels like in a seven-game set against Denver or a team that just, you know, moves the ball and, and gets stops and plays defense, um, am I – Am I underestimating the Clippers as a real, real contender to represent the Western Conference in the playoffs or in the finals? Or do you agree with me that they still have some holes as well? Yeah, I I think they still have plenty of holes. I mean, this is, like you said, kind of a your turn, my turn type of situation with the different players on that that roster. You can question how great some of the fit is, but... But the bottom line is you still have three guys that on any given night can go off for, you know, 30-plus points. They they are very talented. I think they definitely could get out of the Western Conference. That's, that's not out of the question at all. I do think a team like Denver has an edge on them and that they just they execute so well, especially down the stretch in crunch time. There's no question of whose turn is it or anything like that. Denver just goes out there and they do what they do. So I think the Clippers do have some weaknesses, but they also have a lot of just really good individual talent. And it's possible that that could just overcome any kind of fit concerns or, or chemistry concerns that they've got. They have games where they look absolutely unstoppable. They also have games where they look they look very, very beatable. So it really depends on which Clippers team is going to show up in the postseason. But this is a very talented team, and this is a team that when they're truly locked in, um, they can be extremely difficult to deal with. So it wouldn't shock me if they wound up in the finals. It would be disappointing from the Lakers' perspective, that's for sure. But it wouldn't shock me if they made it all the way through. Isn't it crazy, Trev, that, uh, by the way, if you're just tuning in right now and, and you did not hear uh, Paul George not playing tomorrow, so he's dealing with some type of knee issue. He didn't practice today. And he's been ruled out for tomorrow's game. Om Young Masak uh, reported that a little bit earlier. Om actually will be joining the pregame show tomorrow, so keep that one in mind. Um, I'll go a little off topic here, but this kind of crazy. Trev, this is the final game the Lakers and the Clippers will play as um, co-tenants at Crypto.com Arena. Next year, obviously, they'll have their own arena at uh, Intuit Dome down in Inglewood. I'm, I'm trying to... It's just still so shocking to me that these two teams have never crossed paths in the playoffs. And it, and if you look at the standings right now, I know anything can happen, and Lakers got their own stuff to figure out. But I don't think they're going to cross paths in the playoffs this year as well. I mean, it's going to take a lot to, for that to happen. But how the heck have these two teams never played each other in the playoffs? These two franchises have literally have zero history against each other. Well, I mean, I think a lot of it is they haven't been good at the same time. I mean, the Clippers have a long, long, long history of being 
just awful. Thirty years a, a basketball team. But yeah, I mean they were terrible. So they were they were never really a, a threat to even get into the playoffs. And then once they started to get going a little bit with Lob City and everything, that's when the Lakers started to hit their downswing, and then they weren't in the playoffs. And it's it's really just been the last you know few years that they've kind of both been been playoff teams at the same time. So with that being the case, I think that's why it's, we don't have, we, it's not like we've got 15 years of the Lakers and Clippers both being playoff teams and just unlucky. They, they didn't run into each other. No, it's, it's only been the last handful of years here that they've both been playoff teams at the same time. And it, so it's a little more plausible that they would just happen to, to never run into each other. Um, you know, they were they were on a what looked like a collision course, and then the Clippers blew blew a three one right. series lead in in the bubble, and that was and that was the end of that. That that's when it looked like it was going to happen. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's just because they they haven't been good at the same time, and that's prevented them from meeting up in the playoffs. But you can only imagine how much attention that series would get. The NBA would be would be all over. it. All right, try final one. We'll let you go, brother. Um, game for tomorrow, and, and not just for tomorrow, but the rest of the way for the Lakers. One, two things stand out to you that you're hoping to see that you think's uh, incredibly imperative to having the Lakers start having some success again. Yeah, well, one of the things that, that the Lakers talked about uh, at practice today was they talked about the, the rebounding, the defensive rebounding specifically. That's going to be critical. It's not just on Anthony Davis. It's the guards, the wings. They've got to help out uh, on the glass, and that's going to be extremely important for them. Not that the Clippers are a great offensive rebounding team, but they're a very good point shooting team. And just like with Phoenix, what happens is on offensive rebounds, they tend to lead to open three-point looks. If you give the Clippers extra looks, especially from behind the arc, and open looks at that, it's going to be a long night for the Lakers. So they got to clean up their own defensive glass, keep the Clippers away from getting those offensive boards. And then, really, I just want to see this Lakers team play with the urgency, with an understanding of where they're really at in the standings and, and show that they are going to come out here and fight with the level that's required them uh, for them to to make a move up because the West is extremely deep, extremely good. There is no room for error here. I want to see this team come out with a focus, the urgency from the opening tip that they understand they have to start winning games and they have to start winning games right now. There he is, everybody. Trevor Lane, Lakers Nation. Trev, always appreciate the time, brother. No problem, Alan. Thank you so much for having me. All right, man. Thank you, man. Have a good uh, rest of your night. Um, so I'm looking at some of these YouTube comments. Just kind of shows how all over the place uh, everybody is. Jazz man, Clippers are still trash. They haven't won anything. Lazy one, the Clippers are a good team in the regular season. Right, everybody relax here, okay? Everybody just relax. It's a kid show here. Um, all right, we come back. I got a couple NBA stories I want to get into. And um Stephen A. Smith losing faith in the Los Angeles Lakers. I want to play that as well. Latest in the NBA standings, Lakers sitting in 10th. Stay right here. This is uh Lakers talk on 710 ESPN. All right, Lakers uh, got the Clippers coming up tomorrow. Got a couple topics that I want to get into here. And I mentioned it a couple weeks. We didn't do a show last week because of the All-Star break. Um, so, you know, I figured, listen, if the players are going to take some time off, I'm going to take some time off. Um, but um, we we are going to do this segment. It's going to be the final segment. Uh, we'll call fourth quarter. Everybody knows Michael Funches. Funches has been with us, obviously, for a long time. Uh, Funches is going to throw a couple NBA stories my way, and uh, me, Funches, and DeAndre are going to talk a little bit about it. Funches, what's going on? What do you got over there? What's up, Slee? Uh, Max Struss, Cleveland Cavalier, um, guard or forward, whatever you want to call him, he hit a almost a 60-footer tonight. And, uh, the, well, let's just, let me set it up. Let me, let me set it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. were down by one to the Mavs. 
and he got the ball probably like maybe two and a seconds. half seconds. Yeah, left. two and a half seconds left. Mm-hmm. Threw up a game, a, a game heave, you know, a sixty footer or whatever. He made it. Game, by the way, game, game by, done. By, Cavs win by two. By the way, with with Luca right in front of him. Yes, so yes, yes. This was a game that has Cleveland's been balling out. I mean, I've paid no attention to the Cavs, but every time I look up at the standings, I'm like, wait, they're, they're in second? I want to say they have like a 12 or 13 game winning streak or something. Um, let's, I'll tell you right now. So they, they, their winning streak got snapped, but they're 38 and 19. They're in front of Milwaukee, yeah. in front of New York, in front of Philly. They're in front of a lot of good teams. Um, and for Dallas, that's a bad loss. That's two straight losses in a row for them. Which puts now the Golden State Warriors two and a half games, the Lakers two and a half games from that number eight spot. So at least a little bit closer. Lakers haven't been able to help themselves. Uh, I did see it. For those who didn't see it, you don't have a choice. Anywhere you go on social tonight or go on Sports Center, you're going to end up seeing it. Slee, so bringing that up, what do, yeah. that has to be like one of the greatest shots to end a game that I've ever seen. So what was your game winner? You have, you're talking the about the game winner. Yes, the, that, that, that Max Trust game winner. So. What was yours? What is yours? Oh man. Well, when I was, um, you know, when I was bringing the ball up the floor, me personally, or an NBA one, an NBA one, not you, <laughs> okay. not not you at the <laughs> YMCA. Yeah, because you know, I, I DeAndre knows. Even though I don't think we have a running clock, <laughs> it's just first one to eleven. Um, all right, I, the one that honestly just sticks directly out to me, and I don't know if anything will ever beat this, just because of the moment, the situation, the era of Lakers basketball. For me, it was the pinnacle of the Lakers era. Robert Ory hitting that shot on the Sacramento Kings. Man, I still remember where I was that day. Uh, that's so. I'm this. I'm the same way, and I think there's sometimes there's certain shots or certain plays or certain home runs, whatever it is. You remember all the details. I remember I'm at my parents' house. I had all my family over. Everybody was watching. Our garage back in the day was set up basically as like a living room, so you got the TV and everything else. And me and my cousin, right when the shot went in, we just like ran down the driveway. I don't even know where the hell we were going. We just kept running. We had both our hands. I, I can't even explain it, but that's that off the top of my head. DeAndre, you have one, your favorite uh, buzzer beater? Yeah, man. I was telling Funchies uh, about the Kawhi Leonard shot when they played against the uh, Philadelphia 76ers when it was Jimmy Butler and Joel Embiid in that, that series as well. Bounced twice? And it bounced twice. And, uh, you know, we were just waiting a- for that moment for the ball to, if it's actually going to drop in. I remember he seeing had enough that. time. Think about this, DeAndre. He had enough time to, like, squat and, like, look because the ball just exactly. kept dribbling. And Embiid's looking. Ben Simmons is under the basket. Yeah, that, that's one of the uh, that's one of the classics. I got one too, Slee. Uh, yeah, what do you got? Got to be D Fish's point four. Yeah, a lot of people in this, uh, a lot of people in this YouTube chat. I see a lot of point fours up there. He, uh, a lot but of point fours. But I, the whole sequence though, Tim Duncan making a a crazy bank shot to to put San Antonio up, and then going back the other end, D right. Fish hitting a point four jumper. Yeah, at and, the end and there was always the conversation. It's like. I think point three, you don't have enough time to catch and shoot. Yeah. Well, point four, he caught and shot the it. Derek Fisher rule. Can't get any more time. Exactly. It's a Derek Fisher rule. Okay, you got another one over there? Yes, I do. Speaking of uh, Lakers, Clippers, Amaro, the Clippers just yeah. unveiled that they have a new logo with a jersey and court. They're going to rebrand this whole thing for, you know, when they roll out the new arena next year. And I just want to get your thoughts on, you know, what do you think it looks like? What do you, you know, what do you, what's your thoughts? Okay, so I don't have, to be honest with you, I saw it. I read it was Zach Lowe that had the entire article yesterday and, and the rebrand and the reason why they're picking what they're picking. I'm going to be, I'm going to try to be as unbiased as possible. I like the, I like the navy blue color. Yeah, me like, too. 
I, I feel like that color is good for the Clippers. It feels a little less cartoony, I guess, if that's cartoonish, yeah. if that's what you want to say. The logo I'm still confused about. And right when I saw the logo and it's the you know the ship, like it's coming directly to you. <laughs> yeah. In my head, I'm like, everybody's going to put a Carnival Cruise Line logo in front of what? there. Everybody's going to – like that stuff's just going to happen. Um, that one, it doesn't really do anything for me, but the navy blue color, I, I like. They kind of have the Intuit dome of what the court would look like. I don't think it looks bad. I, I, I don't have I a like passionate it. side one way or the other. I like it. They still keep the cursive writing of the Clippers uh, across the jersey. It, it, you know, it's kind of kind of old school. And um, to my thoughts on this too, I think they should have changed this a while back when they changed owners. Yeah, yeah. I know there was even some chatter about, hey, should they just change the Clippers? Yeah, name because they got to get away from all that Donald Sterling stuff. So or I, I move to <laughs> Seattle where they would have a much larger fan yeah. base. They would no, just be to, the Seattle to, Sonics to, again. To, to be honest with you, I, I think at the end of the day, it's not. I didn't look at it and say, "Wow, this is unbelievable." And I also didn't look at the other way and say, "What the hell are they doing?" So I think if that's a compliment, then that's a compliment there. Um, good stuff, Funches. I, I appreciate you bringing those up. So we got about a minute left here. So a couple things I want to get into real quick. Um, do you know the Lakers who got the Clippers, Washington, and Denver this week? They don't leave the state of California for a month. Literally, March 25th is when they actually leave. They got a lot of home games in front of them, which is obviously good news. The bad news for the Lakers is um, there are a lot of tough matchups as well. Denver's in there. Milwaukee's in there. Uh, Minnesota's in there. Oklahoma City Thunder. The Golden State Warriors. Sacramento. You got a lot of good teams left, so you can move up in the standings or you can fall back in the standings. Lakers just got to start handling business. Quick uh, shout-out here. Thank you to everybody on YouTube. Thank you to everybody that hung out with us. Uh, thank you to Michael Funches, Mario Ruiz, and, of course, DeAndre Hawkins. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Thanks, Laker fans.